to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Well, it's great to be home. I don't know why I'm a guest. I thought we were family, Daniel. So, I, I, so I'm not the first guest speaker. I'm just part of the family. Is that okay? Yeah. It's just been, I've just been, I've been away for a while. That's all. It's a, Oh, group didn't like me. Okay. But I love you. Just, I need some inner healing. Actually, that's, <laughs> well, it's great to be back in Singapore. It's always great back to be back in the city. This is kind of one of my, this is my favorite place to preach in, the, in this nation. Is that okay to say that? Uh, because it's, it is family. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And it's, uh, this is the first time I get to stand in your new sanctuary. It's, it's pretty cool. I'm getting some ideas right now. So it's uh, very cool. Um, before I get cracking off, uh, this last year, I've been kind of like uh, Daniel's been saying, I've been doing this kind of life coaching thing in, in various places uh, in Hong Kong right now. I really don't do a lot in the church anymore. Is that okay? I do a lot. Mainly, most of my ministry is now in the marketplace. Just uh, allowing people in companies, corporations, individual people, just to become the, better, the, be- the best person that they can become, but without them realizing aligning with heaven. Aligning with their identity in heaven, aligning and helping them understand that their life is more than who they are. And, and it's been really fascinating to see just how uh, hungry people are, especially those who are not Christians. Can I tell you, there's a, there's a passage in Romans chapter 8 where it says the whole of creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. What's it, what it means is this, the world is actually waiting for the church to be the church. It's actually waiting for you to become the sons and daughters. The, the, the right now, the, the, when they think of the church, they're not really, they, they, they're not happy with it. They're not satisfied. And can I tell you, nor are we. Is that all right? Because I actually believe that when we truly become sons and daughters, when we truly begin to align with what heaven is, the, the, the world is naturally not going to oppose it. They're actually going to welcome it. They finally say, oh, that's what we've been waiting for. That's what we've been looking for. The whole of creation. Everybody say the whole. whole. What does whole mean? Thank you. All right. The whole of creation is groaning. And so uh, for me right now, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting in different realms. God's kind of thrown me out of the deep end, out of my nest, and put me into places that I never thought I'd ever be. And in that process, I'm discovering that it's true. When heaven invades a situation, everything changes. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've been doing, I, my, I, I started to uh, relaunch my ministry because it, I wanted to be able to be more relevant, not just to the church, but to the world outside, okay? And so uh, we launched Steve Chua International, and it's really about transforming the heart to transform the world. In other words, if you want to see transformation in your marriage, in your community, in your family, in your school, uh, in, in different sectors, the, the first transformation that has to happen is your heart. Is that, is that right to say that? And as you begin to do that, uh, over the last, uh, six, last six months now, I've launched um, a, weekly video, uh, a weekly video blog or written blog. Okay, So one week it's a video, just for two minutes. Okay, The next week it's a, it's a written blog, just following up from what I've been sharing. In order to allow your heart to be transformed, in order for you to begin to understand how to live with the DNA of heaven. Okay, So if that's something that you would be interested in, there's a, there's a little sign-up sheet on the table outside. Just write your name and your email address. And, and, and I promise I, it's not about selling you stuff, okay? 
All right? It's really about enhancing and, and, and growing your life. Okay? So if you want to do that, if you, if you want to just check it out before you do that, you can go to um, my YouTube channel, Steve Twine International, and you'll see all the different downloads. Uh, they've been uh, incredible. Uh, like Daniel was saying, we've started a media company, and it's kind of God's wisdom. I'll share some of that maybe a bit later, uh, that we set up a media company in our city. And the first thing that we did was actually uh, we, we filmed Lou Engel. Okay, uh, we, we invited uh, the, like a hundred pastors. Just uh, there's an incredible move amongst the churches in our region right now, and we had a hundred pastors come to hear Lou. We filmed it, and it was our first project. Didn't know it would do anything, and we we, we actually ended up with twenty five thousand views on it, which is like and when I told Lou that he says we only get two and a half thousand. What happened, <laughs> you know? And so there, there's when you're aligned with what God wants you to do, favor is released. Okay. Look at the person next to you and say, are you aligned? Okay. And, and, and so today I want to begin to look at some of those things to, to help you with, with that whole area of being aligned with your destiny, aligned with the purpose that God has for you. How many of you would like to know your destiny? Any of you? Just half of you. Okay. The rest of you will pray for you. All right. But, but we all want to be aligned with destiny. So I've just got a couple of resources. Actually, you're the very first people to have the opportunity ever to see this. Everybody go, ooh. Okay. Um, the first one is a four-disc DVD series, so if you've got a small group or whatever, this is called Breaking Free. It is about dealing with the hindrances that will stop you breaking through into your destiny and your identity, okay? And it's a very, very practical uh, uh, DVD series. It's not a conference. It's actually uh, uh, there to help you encounter the reality of God's uh, kingdom so that you can deal with things that perhaps you've not wanted to face before, but actually break through. One of the things that uh, I used to do, people used to call me an inner healing deliverance guy. Okay? And, and that's fine. But I suddenly realized that if we focus so much on inner healing and deliverance, we, we keep focusing on the problems. Okay? Rather that what this needs to do is we need to allow dealing with the problems to launch us into our future. Does that make sense? Because God has good for you. God has an amazing future ahead of you. When he created you, he didn't create your life to be full of misery. He created your life to be able to journey with you through the challenges so that you can be the best you that he created you to be so that you can actually influence the world around you. All right? And so we're going to be looking a little bit about that today as well. And so when we begin to understand God's intention, um, there's this DVD series called Breaking Free. Okay? It's four DVD discs. They're about, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour each. Okay? And and you can get that for $45. Okay? I also have... um, uh, this this uh, message, I might have preached it here actually, I'm not sure, but it's called Going Deeper. All right? And it's really about helping you understand why, uh, what is God trying to do in your life in, in terms to mature you to your destiny, to allow you to begin to have a kingdom outlook, to begin to understand that you were created for an amazing harvest to come. All right? And this is just a one-disc DVD uh, uh, that if you just want something just to, uh, to stimulate you, to get you thinking, to get you processing and wrestling with God about your future, understanding the things of the kingdom. This is what this DVD series, uh, this DVD, not series, uh, sp- uh, message is about. It's $15, but if you, because we're Asian, we like discounts. Uh, if you buy the two instead of $60, it's uh, $50, okay? So you can get those afterwards. Thank you, Andre. Okay. So... At the end of 2014, okay, so where are we now? 2016, right? At the end of 2014, the Lord just woke me up and he said, Steve, uh, I want you, next year I want you to start preaching out of the book of Exodus, 
Okay, so I I, I planted a church in uh, in our city uh, uh, three years ago. All right, and so it wasn't anything that I intended to do. It was just something that God's I call him Jehovah Sneaky. Okay, he comes and sneaks in and just begins to do things that you weren't anticipating. Next thing you know, all sorts of things start happening. And, and so he said, I want you to preach from the book of Exodus. And he said, because this is going to be your journey in the next year. And, I, and, and so last year, I think I preached, I don't know, 35 messages from the book of Exodus. And we finished at the crossing of the Red Sea. Okay, we went from Genesis 1, sorry, Exodus 1 to about Exodus 9 or whatever it is. So I don't know what happened to the rest of the, of the book, but it, apparently it was really good. Uh, but what it was all about was this, I began to realize that the whole story, especially about the, the move of Moses and getting the people of Israel from, the, 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 from Egypt into their promises, was actually all about aligning with destiny. It was about understanding how do you take your circumstance and your situation right now and how do you begin to move yourself into alignment so that the fullness of what you were created for, the fullness of destiny can actually flow in and through you so that you can absolutely uh, um, take, take nations. If you think about it, Moses brought a superpower to its knees. Think about that for a moment. All right. How many of you believe the book of Exodus is, is true? Okay, half of you. So we really do need to pray. Uh, no, the book of Exodus is historical. You, you're talking about one man, okay, who in, uh, in, in relationship and partnership with God, aligned with his destiny, could change a nation. How many of you like to change a nation? Would that be all right? Okay, and so what I want to begin to help you understand today is I want to help maybe get you on a journey to see how aligned you are. Is that all right? To help you maybe do some spiritual chiropractic practic stuff. Okay, just to make there may be some adjustments that just need to be made so that you can actually walk in the fulfillment of what you believe God has got for you. How, how many of you have ever received the prophetic word? Okay, how many of you think God has promised you something? Okay, how many of you have yet to see it? Okay, but how many of you still believe it? Okay, how many of you sometimes doubted it? All right, okay, because this is, what, this is what we're talking about. God is trying to show, map out something to you, but sometimes we want the result, but we don't want the journey. Okay, the whole concept of destiny is a journey, it's not just the result. Okay, it's not what you do, it's about what you become. All right, and you begin to realize that every situation, every circumstance, and when you begin to think about all the different circumstances that Moses had to go through, we're not going to talk about all that today. Okay, every single one, how many of you know it's pretty challenging? Okay, and in the midst of that, you can go, Why is my life, why does my life suck? Okay, why, why does God hate me? But actually, that's not true. It's actually God loving you and gently, <laughs> okay, or maybe not so gently, aligning you because there is something that he sees in you that right now you don't see in yourself. How many of you look at people and you see, oh, there's so much potential in them? Have you ever said that before? Yeah. The problem is you're, saying, you're seeing something that's not released. Yeah. You're seeing something that can happen if they finally get it. Are you with me? All right. It's like I look at England soccer team. There's so much potential. But it's never been released, okay? <laughs> but think about it. If they actually win the World Cup, it would heal a nation. <laughs> All right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have hope of glory somewhere, okay? 
But you see, what I'm trying to say is that we always see potential. But the question is, how do we take that potential and bring it into the fullness of reality? Okay? And you see, the journey is that alignment. That journey, that process. I don't like to call it journeys because journeys are boring. I like to call it the adventure. Is that all right? We want, God wants to adventure in us, in your life, to discover the fullness of what you've been called to. And so, if we go to the next slide for a moment, I want to start with uh, the context of Exodus. We're going to be in Exodus 3 for a moment, okay? Now, at the beginning of the Exodus 3, this is the, the context of the, the story of the burning bush. Do you remember that story? So, you, we know Moses, he was, we know the whole story of the basket and going into Pharaoh's court and then killing the guy and, and he's running away and he finds, you know, he's in the wilderness for 40 years, okay? How many of you know this is going to be a very long journey, okay? So, he's in the wilderness for 40 years and basically it says that he takes his flock to the back end of the desert. Everybody say, the back end. Okay, where's your back end? <laughs> All right? It's, it's where things are terrible. Okay, when you get to the back end, it's not good. All right, what's happening at the back end of the desert? It's about desolation. It's about when nothing is thriving. Okay, and 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 he he's having to take his flock. He's taking the sheep and he's herding them, and it's like he can't find life, and to the point where he just wants to get as far away from anything as possible and leave me alone with life. Okay, and it's in that moment he sees the burning bush. And he's about to enter into the call of his destiny. Okay? And, and God starts talking. He says, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Okay? I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. Hey, remember 40 years ago? This was Moses' dream. Okay? I want to liberate these people. Yeah? I see their misery. I see that they're oppressed. I see that their slave drivers aren't treating them well. Okay? So, in, so he takes his destiny into his own hands. Are you with me? Yeah. And he just kills, he kills the Egyptian. Okay? And all of a sudden, his destiny, or what he thought his destiny was gone, his purpose, his meaning, everything is going on. And so 40 years later, guess what? God is speaking Moses' heart. He's speaking back the dream. He's resurrecting the dream. Okay? Except for, out of those 40 years, Moses is no longer going, yeah, let's go for it. Even though he's thinking, yeah, I agree with that. Okay? And all of a sudden, it's more because all that Moses could see was we need to end the slavery. In other words, I just need to deal with the problem. You see, God doesn't want to just deal with the problem. He wants to launch you into the promise. Okay? And sometimes when we just simply take destiny into our own hands, we are simply trying to change the circumstance, but not necessarily seeing that there is a greater future that you were created for. Okay? Look at the person next to you and say, you were created for so much more. Okay? And so God says, okay... Uh, so I have come down to rescue my people, all right, to bring them uh, out to, the, to a land, a good land, flowing with milk and honey. In other words, the promise of the future is amazing. Okay, there is a promised land. There is a promise that is to be fulfilled. And attached to that promise, there is blessing, there is abundance, there is good, all right? Because at the, I haven't got time to get into this right now, but we know that God is, okay, but do we always believe that? All right, 
And you see, in this journey, and I haven't got time today because you have to listen to the 35 messages that I preached in Exodus. Okay, there was a gradual shift in Moses in his identity. There was a shift. And, and you see, in this moment, all of a sudden, God says something to Moses. Moses is listening to God's plan. I'm going to free the people. And he's going, that's good, that's good. Free the people, that's good. And so then he says, so now, go. And he's going, huh? He's talking to my sheep, right? <laughs> he says, now go, I'm sending you. <laughs> All right? To Pharaoh, to bring my people, Israel, uh, the Israelites, out of Egypt. You see, in this moment, God isn't just talking about the destiny and the future. He's actually saying, but before we do that, I want to address a few things with you. I'm about to take you on an amazing journey, okay? I'm about to shape you. Let's carry on, okay? So Moses says in verse 11, he says, but Moses says to God, but who am I? Everybody say, who am I? It's a question of identity. It's the question is, I, I'm not, I have no worth, I have no value, I have no significance. I, 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 I basically run a bunch of sheep in the middle of nowhere, and I'm not even taking them to pasture. I'm taking them to the back end of the desert. I'm a terrible shepherd, okay? And so he says, who, should I, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? In other words, he's actually not questioning God. He's actually questioning his own heart. In other words, it's like this destiny is like a mirror before him, and he sees something. Okay, so let's go to the next slide for a moment. Because Moses is questioning whether he is qualified to lead. Okay? And you see, when your identity is not secure, you are always afraid to fail. Anybody afraid to fail? Okay, just five honest people in this room. Okay, and what happens is, that all he sees is that the impossibilities before him is that actually you are setting me up to fail. You're setting me up to show the world that actually I don't have what it takes. You know. So the first response to this amazing destiny, this amazing promise that is about to be break forth, that will topple a nation and release a new nation, okay? the first encounter Moses goes, not me. Can't be me. You've got the wrong person. Okay? Yet God has gone out of his way to get a burning bush going that doesn't burn up. He's got this amazing thing that he's actually speaking audibly. Okay, how many of you would like that? Yeah? Do you think that might change things a little bit? I'm not sure. Because it didn't with Moses. You see, sometimes we think we want the audible voice, sometimes we think we want the supernatural encounter. Okay? But you see, you need to understand. Unless you deal with your heart, you will never receive the encounter. Are you with me? Because the first place is what you believe who you are to be. I always say identity is about your value. It's about your worth. It's about your significance. It's your perception of you. Okay? So is perception truth? Yes or no? Well, maybe, maybe not. But the truth about perception is that your perception is truth to you. And the moment it becomes true to you, how you see yourself will be how you filter your life. Okay? So if you believe you're a failure, you're always through the lens of failure. If it's all about insecurity and how to secure things, you'll always be controlling. Are you with me? Because you be, your behavior, your relationships are based out of this one fundamental thing. Who am I? And the first thing that Moses says is, who am I that? Are you with me? And you see, he's looking at himself. 
in this moment, when destiny takes place, the first thing we look at is, am I capable, right? Do I have what it takes? And in his own strength and knowledge and wisdom, Moses knows that the task before him, okay, if you like, it's not only lacks common sense, but it's dangerous and impossible, all right? I want you to understand something from the very onset. How many of you want to fulfill your kingdom destiny? Yeah? Which means this. God is never going to ask you to do what is possible. Because if, it's, if, 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 it's, if you only do what's possible, then you're the only one who's going to do it. If it's a kingdom destiny, then God is always going to ask you to do the impossible. He's always going to stretch you. He's going uh, uh, to reveal to you the different things in your heart that will keep you from the impossibilities of God. God is the biggest dreamer that I know. Did you know that? Okay. And, and he just wants to, he enjoys stretching you, not because, he's being, not because he's being cruel. It's because he sees the potential. And you need to understand you were created for impossibilities. All right. Look at the person next to you and say, you are impossible. <laughs> right. Oh, let's rephrase that. Okay. No. You were created for the impossible. Yeah. And so let's go to the next slide. Okay, so what happens is this. With Moses, the realization that the destiny is at hand is that we begin to real, we real, we realize that when destiny is calling, it's because we can't achieve it. Did you hear that? When destiny is at hand, it's going to make you feel insecure. It's going to make you feel nervous. But I, I don't like to call it nervous. I like to call it excitement. Okay, because something inside of you would love to see it happen, but at the same time, something inside of you is questioning, am I crazy? Okay? And you see, in that moment, when your circumstance and you're faced with something that you don't think is possible, okay, then can I encourage you that maybe God's knocking on your door? Okay? He's saying, you've got to look at this. All right? What I've discovered is that God doesn't do things normal. Okay? He does things super normal. All right. In other words, he, he doesn't really care how you feel about something. Are you with me? I've realized re- recently that God really doesn't care about our opinion. <laughs> Yet we like to share it with people. Have you noticed that? <laughs> and you see, the prophetic destiny is not opinion. Okay? Prophetic destiny is just saying surrender and say yes. Okay? And you see, however, when God declares his plan, it never makes natural sense. That's what I'm trying to say. Therefore, the greater the odds, the greater the glory. Did you hear that? The greater the odds, the greater the glory. The harder it is for you, the greater the blessing. The most challenging. Sometimes you can look and say, everything around me is, 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 is falling apart. Okay? Well, there's a couple of things. God is trying to get your attention. Two, he's trying to shape you. And three, if you, get, if you embrace the wilderness, if you've embraced the difficulty, if you embrace the challenge, you'll become so much stronger for it that in the process there will be a greater release of glory because what he's doing in you is increasing your capacity to receive heaven. How many of you like this message so much? It's my life. I kind of like being a little, I'm more comfortable, I want to be comfortable. But you see, kingdom people aren't comfortable. All right? Kingdom destiny is not comfortable. And we've got to begin to understand, you know, your life is not your own. Is that right to say that? Have you heard that scripture before? Your life is not your own. So 
so why do you try, try, why do you try to make it your own? Why do you try and hold on to it? Okay, and so let's carry on. Okay, so Moses is, is terrified. All his insecurities are coming up. I, I, I can't do this. Okay, you know you, you shouldn't send me. You, you should be sending someone else. It's it's not worth it. Okay, so and so Moses says, "Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites back?" Okay, and today I want to talk to you about what I call the five words of destiny. Okay, the, and the, I'm, I'm going to talk about a series of five words that if you hear these words, okay, in conjunction to your future, it's a done deal. Okay, the first five words is, I will be with you. Are you with me? I will be with you. All right. So in other words, he's saying, Moses, you know what? I know right now you feel inadequate. Right now, I feel you think you've blown your destiny. Right now, I know you're still hanging with a load of guilt attached to the murder that you did years ago. Okay? In fact, you, because of all of these things, you've, you've disqualified yourself. But I want you to know I qualify you. Why? Because I want you to know that you are not alone. You need to understand in this world, we are not alone. I will be with you. Okay, let's go to the next slide for a moment. When you hear these words, I will be with you, what is God trying to do? He's actually trying to lift you above your circumstance. You see, Moses, he's, he's, he's in this place. Everything's wrong. Everything's barren. Everything's wilderness. Nothing is happening. But the words, I will be with you, when you get, a, and what I want to help you understand is not literally that you will hear the words, I will be with you. Okay, what God will do is he will give you a, circ- a series of circumstances. Sometimes it may be prophetic words. Sometimes it may be uh, answering a prayer or sometimes circumstances that are impossible that you suddenly find yourself in and you suddenly realize that God is knocking on your door and he's saying, hello. It's time. The time of convergence has come. The time when all these things in your life, all these pieces, I'm about to put the puzzle together so that you can actually see what I've been doing. And it's in that moment that all through these circumstances that kind of come into a convergence, you suddenly are lifted above your circumstance because now you realize that the circumstance really is nothing. The back back end of the desert isn't as bad as you think, okay, because you're about to go to Egypt, (laughs) yeah. And in that process, he lifts you above. Why? Because when he says, I am with you, when, I'm, when I am with you, he's wanting to release hope. He's wanting to help you understand that if I am with you, it's going to be okay. When he says, I'm going to be with you, it's a word of comfort. It's a word of security. It's a word of dependability. It's an offer of friendship. How many of you would like an offer of friendship? And you see, in that moment, we're talking about an incredible partnership. It's like, Moses, okay, I'm not sending you on your way. It says, no, 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 come alongside of me. We're doing this together. This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Okay? And you see, it releases, and then it's supposed to reassure, because he will help you understand, I know that you are a fugitive from Egypt. I know the moment you walk on that turf, you, your, your head is targeted. I know that you're supposed to be executed. Okay, think about it for a moment. How many of you want to go back to a place like that? But you see, in this moment, when you hear, I am with you, I am with you, it simply means no weapon formed against you will prosper. I remember um, back in about 2007, you know, I, I, I'm, 
I'm, uh, I'm the head of a uh, inner healing deliverance ministry in, in Toronto, Canada. And I'm traveling the world. I'm speaking in big conferences, training ministry teams all over the world, and having a great life. You know, going to do all my favorite things, speaking, seeing people transform, and eating great food. Okay? And, and it's in this moment that God arrests my heart. In a moment where I thought everything was great, he takes me to the place and he says, it's time to leave. And I go, but I like my life. I like speaking in front of thousands of people. I like seeing people transformed. I like that the fact that I have a salary. I like the fact that I have a mortgage-free home right now. Okay, I like the fact. You know, I like the fact. I like the fact. Okay? And the Lord just spoke to me and he said, Steve, that's fine. If that's what you want for your life, I will bless you. I went, oh, thank you. And then he says, but would you rather have me? And I said, why did you have to say that? (laughs) And I said, well, can I have both? (laughs) But you see, the thing is, destiny is always about intimacy. Because the word destiny actually forms the word destination. And we only have one destination. It's heaven. It's right into the heart of the Father. And you see, your destiny has to have intimacy attached to it. Because if you want to know that God is with you, it's not about what he's going to do for you. That's not what destiny is. It's who he's going to be with you. And when you begin to understand that journey, you begin to look at it. And I remember in 2007, I knew that the only thing I ever wanted, the only thing I've ever preached on is I wanted him more than anything else. And so he decided to take me on my word. Okay, And in that moment, when he says, I will be with you, I remember two weeks before I left, I was in so much panic. I suddenly realized that, you know, people are asking you the question, Steve, what are you going to do now? The Lord had spoken to me. He said, Steve, all I want you to do is to be with me. Okay? So I want you to leave and just be with me. Okay? So can I tell you, that's actually a really hard thing to, to tell people. Like, so like, Steve, where are you going? I said, I don't know. What are you going to do? I'm just going to be with God. Okay, so how are you going to pay, pay the bills? I don't know. You've got five kids? I know. So how are you going to look after them? I don't know. You've got a dog. I said, I know. <laughs> How are you going to pay the I don't know. Okay? How many of you believe that doesn't make any sense? Okay? But in the, I don't know, in the, in, in, the, in the moments where you don't know, but all you hear is, I will be with you. I remember that two weeks before I left, I was screaming at God. Ever done that before? Okay? I'm angry with God. I said, what are you doing to me? Yeah, I, I loved what I was doing. I loved my life. I loved everything. I loved my dog. Okay? <laughs> And now you're putting me out there, and I, and I don't know where my salaries come from. And you know what he said to me also? He said, Steve, you're not to ask for any money, okay? You're no fundraising, and you're not to do any ministry for the first nine months, okay? That's all I knew. And, and, and I only had enough finances to survive for three months. How many want a destiny? And I'm screaming at God because I'm looking at how can this be? Are you with me? And all he could say, now his words, I will be with you, were two words for me. It was, trust me. You see, when he says, I will be with you, he's simply saying, trust me. Okay? When you know that he's saying, I will be with you, when you have that assurance, so, because can I tell you, if you don't hear that, don't do it. Is that all right? 
But when you hear the words, I will be with you, in whatever form it comes, it's simply saying, will you trust me? Let's go to the next slide, okay? Because when you understand this, okay, I will be with you, it is about a confirmation that this is the time of convergence. It's about this is the moment that I've been waiting for in your life. Okay, I thought that though, in 2007, I thought I was already walking in destiny. No, no, no. I found out it was only a training ground. That my previous 35 years was simply getting me ready for what I'm about to do. And I, do I know what I did? Did I know what I was going to be doing? I had no clue. All he told me was, trust me. And you see, in that pr- process, what happens is the time of convergence, preparation, and alignment is about to take place. Like I said, everything is about to come into place. So right now, if you feel stuck, if you feel like you're, you're not sure what the purpose is, or you're, you're going through difficult, challenging circumstances right now, the time of convergence is about to take place. The time of alignment is happening. Are you with me? Don't look at it as, I hate my life. Take it as, Hmm, God's up to something. Sneaky, yeah, okay? And when you begin to understand that, you see, here's the thing. When you hear the words, I will be with you, it's the most powerful, it's the most securing, it's the most confident statement that will always guarantee the outcome. Because there is only one person I know who will always come through. And when God says to you, I will be with you, can I tell you, it's a done deal. You, are you with me? Okay. I like what Graham Cook says. One person with God is always in the majority. That's what happened with Moses. Okay. One person who believed tore down a superpower and released a, a nation into its destiny. And you see, when we begin to look at these words, I will be with you. Okay. That is the first five words of destiny. Okay. So look at the person next to you and say, he will be with you. The force, be- okay, no, it's on. okay. <laughs> let's go to the next slide, okay? All right. And so when we get to this, these, however, sometimes when we hear these words, I will be with you, as much as we think we like to hear them, okay, they potentially have a negative effect on us. Why? Because they're going to bring you into fear and trepidation. In other words, the question is, so why do you have to be with me? What is it that you're calling me to that you need to be here? Because actually, the reason why God needs to be there is because he also knows the journey that you're going to have to take. Okay, and please hear me. Don't think he, he's, it, it's a journey that will bring incredible breakthrough. But you have to realize it's about embracing the journey, not just the outcome. Everybody loves the prophetic word outcome. Nobody likes the journey to get there. You know, I was carrying Graham Cook's bag. Uh, Graham Cook, he's my prophetic mentor. So I, I carried his bags for, uh, for several trips. And uh, there was this one time I used to ask questions all the time. People always ask God questions. It's great. Okay? So I, I was asking Graham this question. I said, Graham, how long does it take to become a prophet? And he looks at me and he says, well, Steve, do you want to be a prophet? I said, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Okay? It's a young guy. Be awesome. You know, be a prophet like you. And he goes, yeah, so it's about, right now, it's about 13 to 14 years of intense suffering and persecution. <laughs> Do you want to be a prophet? I said, uh, let me think about that for a moment. <laughs> but you see, sometimes what you see, we want, the pro- we want to be the prophet. We want to do the Sean Boltz, let's name, name a date or whatever, okay? But when you re- really get into Sean's life, there was a journey. 
when you get into anybody who you respect right now who are doing amazing things for God and you say, I want to be like that. There was always a journey. Okay? And you see, what I want to help you understand, don't think just about the end result. Think about the journey. Realize, prepare yourself for the journey knowing that it's going to be wild. It's going to be great. It's going to be more of Him. How many of you know I love that song? Okay? And you see, this is, this is what I want to help you understand. These five words, I will be with you, is always because this is going to be a journey. This is going to be an adventure, and you're going to need me on the journey. Okay? Why? Because this means that we will have to, um, what God is asking is way too big for us. Okay? Which means you will no longer be in control. How many of you like to be in control of things? Okay? I often say that uh, another word for control is fear. We control because we're afraid. We control because we don't like things out of uh, we don't like things out of control, right? We don't like the way people might speak to us or the way people treat us. Okay, but here's the thing: when you come into this place where God says, "Okay, you know this is going to be so bigger than you," I want you to realize that in, it's in me that all things hold together, not in you. Aren't you glad about that? Okay, and so then what He's saying is, we need to trust despite what we see is about to happen before us. It's a journey about living by faith, not by sight. It's about learning to live above your circumstance and not allowing your circumstance to dictate it. Does that make sense? When I was here a few uh, a, a while back, I preached on Ephesians and I got you all to stand on your chairs. Some of you may remember that. Okay, because it was an illustration that when you are in Christ, he has lifted you in the heavenly realm. And so when you come into a higher perspective, all of a sudden things change. You see, when you're down here at 500 feet, you're looking at everything through a 500 feet filter, everything looks big. And everything looks, there's no hope. But when you're raised up in the heavenly realm and looking at things from 100,000 feet, you suddenly go, oh, that's why he's doing that. That's why he's doing that. Oh, Oh, that's genius. Are you with me? You see, it's about perspective. It's about changing the perspective. And you see, when we begin to trust, it's about taking ourselves, our eyes off the issue of your circumstance and say, actually, I'm, here to res- I'm actually here to change my circumstance, not let the circumstance change me. It's about learning to live about your, above your circumstance. So, uh, you know, I use the story of, of, of Jesus sleeping in the boat, right? And the disciples. Now, remember, these are professional fishermen. We're not talking about people who just do it for a weekend thing that they do and just uh, have for kind of a, a hobby, okay? These are people who know how to fish, and they hit the perfect storm. And they are afraid they're going to die. Remember that? Yeah. So these are talking about professionals who believe they're going to die. So how bad is that? That's bad. Okay, you look, most of you are going, I wonder if it was bad. Because <laughs> the thing is, we read the story, we don't enter into it. And you see, in this moment, all of a sudden, they wake Jesus up and they say, you don't care about us, right? How many of you have said that to God? Do you really care about me? You know, don't you see I'm about to die? Can't you see I'm about to go into massive debt or I'm gonna, people are saying all these things about me or I've just lost my job, okay? And all Jesus is doing is sleeping at the bottom of the boat because he's never dictated by the circumstance. He's always living on a plane above the circumstance. And in that moment, he, he looks at them and he goes, oh, you have little faith. Why? Because they're, they're operating by what they see. They're not operating from faith, which is the substance of things not seen, but the assurance of things hopeful. 
You see, in that moment, they are simply governed by circumstance. I want to ask you the question. As you walk into your destiny, you cannot be determined by circumstance. You have to be determined by who he's made you to be because who he made you to be transforms circumstance. And you see, I often say this to my kids. I'll say them, I agree with them. I said, you were not created to be influenced. You were created to influence. You know, I remember, um, you know, back in America, some, the schooling system is pretty liberal, okay? And so, and so we were saying, should we be sending our kids to a Christian school rather than sending them to a public school? And, and, and God just said, no, I'm not you send them to public school. I said, what? But, but they'll get tainted. And then the Lord said, did I create your kids to be afraid of the world or to change the world? And he said, if you raise them right, if they have the right identity, they will transform the environment around them. And guess what? They did. And I said to them, you were created to influence, not to be influenced. You see, if you are insecure going into the world, then you're going to need the world to secure you. And that's the moment you are now dictated to by your circumstance. But if you begin to realize who you are, okay, everybody say, I am amazing. I was created amazing. Okay, if you actually believe that, okay, then all of a sudden when you go into the world, you're going in with a kingdom security because you know that he will be with you. Are you with me? And in that moment when you go into that circumstance, you become dangerous because now the world has to bow to you. Because now they can't change you, you change them. Heaven to earth. That's what we're talking about here. And you see, when God says, I will be with you, He's actually declaring, you're about to transform everything around you. But it starts by transforming you. You see, let's go to the next slide, okay? Because what, what happens in this process, we begin to live outside of our comfort zone, okay? It will stretch us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and even physically, okay? In other words, when destiny begins to take place, he is stretching you and shaping you because there are things he needs to do to release the potential in you, Yeah? And so what you need to understand is that every insecurity, every character flaw, every weakness will be brought to the surface. Everybody say hallelujah. Uh, no, you didn't, did you? <laughs> it's like, Wah. okay. Some of you are not liking this message right now. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's okay. It's not my problem. <laughs> what you need to understand is that you have to begin to see the weakness. You have to begin to see the character flaws. Because when God has a destiny for you, he will, not only does he want to entrust you with it, he wants to trust you. As much as you can say, I trust him, he wants to be able to trust you. The more he entrusts you, the greater the trust. Are you with me? And you see, when you begin to see your weakness and say, I need to deal with my anger, or I need to deal with my poverty spirit, or I need to deal with my unforgiveness issues, or I need to deal with my judgment, or my highly critical character, or all these different things, what you are doing is you are aligning to the environment of heaven because there is no judgment when you get to heaven. There is no daily criticism of what you're not in heaven. Okay, there is no poverty in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. You've got to realize that when we're talking about heaven to earth, he's shaping your character to align with heaven because the more you align and reflect heaven, the more heaven goes, something smells good down there. And heaven gets attracted to you. Are you with me? This whole journey, I am with you, is because heaven wants to be with you. But you see, if you're not aligned with heaven, you're always going to have a conflict. You're always going to doubt. You're always going to wrestle. You're always going to say, why me? You're always saying, this is impossible. You see, you begin to allow the circumstance to give you a negative outlook. 
rather than realizing the great I am is standing right next to you. Which takes me to my next five words, okay? Because the next five words simply say this, Exodus 3.13. God says, I will be with you. So Moses said, well, well, I don't like this. Well, suppose, <laughs> have you noticed? How many, you like to put scenarios out there, okay? In other words, I'm so afraid, let's pretend that I'm not afraid and put a scenario. Well, suppose I go to Israel, the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Because they're not going to believe me. Okay? So all that insecurity is going on. Next slide. So this is what God says. God said to Moses, next five words, I am who I am. This is what you have to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you, sent me to you. I am who I am. It's, it's uh, can I have the next slide? It's probably the most confident statement that you will be with, that you will hear. You see, God backs his first five words, I will be with you, with five more words. I am who I am. This is the most confident, powerful statement of identity that could ever be declared. That's why identity is so important. That when, when God says, you know, who am I? It's not what I do, it's who I am. That's why when you were created in the image and the likeness of God, it wasn't about what you're going to do for him. It's about how, who you are and how you represent who he is. Are you with me? Because the moment you begin to understand that, the moment you truly begin to live like heaven. And you see, he does not state his name. He states his being. Are you with me? You see, if you don't know who you are, your destiny will be trying to find out who you are. Okay? And if you don't know that you're loved, then your identity will be saying, I'm not loved, therefore I'll spend the rest of my life trying to find love and acceptance. You see, you're trying to find blessing. But if you know who you are, you don't need to be blessed because you know you are blessed, so you become the blessing. So it's two different outcomes. If I don't know who I am, I need to be blessed. If you know who you are, you are the blessing. The moment you become the blessing, it's the moment you change everything. And when God says, look, I will be with you and I am who I am, I want you to know that the most confident person in the world, it's not cocky, it's not proud, it's just he simply knows who he is. Okay? He's backing up everything on this journey with every resource that he is. How many of you like the resources of heaven? Well, if God says, I will be with you, do you think he might want to give you the resources of heaven? Okay? And in that process, he does not state his name. He stakes his being because there's not a fiber of doubt. Okay? And so in that moment, let's go to the next slide for a moment, please. Okay? It's a statement of something that is unshakable, something that knows his nature, power, and character. Okay? Now, I told you that God said, leave. Remember that story? Okay? That weekend after I left, I looked at, how my, my, I looked at our finances and I didn't know how we were going to survive. And so we took matters in our own hands. We decided to write a budget. And in our budget, we shrunk our budget because we had a poverty mentality at the time. And we decided that we were just going to put different amounts into different envelopes to help us survive. And one of those was our car maintenance envelope. Okay? And so we decided, how much can we afford? $50 a month. Okay, how many of you know that $50 does not fix a car? Okay, so that was Saturday. Come Monday, my brakes completely fail in my car. 
I go to the mechanic. They say to me, sorry, Mr. Chua, your brakes are gone. It's going to cost you $350 to fix it. And I'm going, trust me. Okay? I'm like, wow, what's going on? All right? And so I'm like, I've only got 50 bucks, but so I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to put it on the credit card. All right? So I'm putting, I said, put it on the credit card. I'm kind of a little upset, all right, because I know I don't have much money. And as I'm walking out of the mechanics, my cell phone, my mobile call rings. It's somebody I hadn't seen in months. And he said, Steve, are you in town? I said, yeah. He said, are you doing anything these days? I said, not really. <laughs> and he goes, oh, can I come and visit you? I'm actually five minutes away. Love to have a coffee with you. Just out of, I said, sure. So I go. We meet at the coffee shop walking distance away. He comes up to me. And he says, Steve, before I forget, he puts an envelope in my hand. And when I open the envelope, it's for $300. And God says, trust me. We end up, uh, you know, a few weeks later, I have a dream. And in the dream, Graham Cook comes to me in a dream and he points his finger at me and he says, your future is on Route 66. I have no clue what Route 66 is. It's, uh, you know, unless you watch cars, okay? <laughs> and, and, and Route 66 is a, is, is a route that goes from Chicago through to California. Okay, I didn't know that. I was living in Toronto. I had never heard of Route 66, Okay. And so it's like, this is interesting. And so in, 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 uh, a night, at the end of the nine months, okay, my, my daughter comes to us because I haven't asked for any money. And she says, Steve, she says, Steve, she says, Dad, <laughs> I have a great relationship with my daughter. She says, she says, Dad, she says, Dad, are we broke yet? Okay, so we looked at our bank account and our bank account was the exact figure it was nine months previous. Okay. But that was about to be the launching pad of the greatest financial favor we've ever seen in our lives. Okay? Because at the end of that nine months, I then have a vision. And in the vision, I see a net being spread over Southern California. Okay? And that net being spread, and the Lord said to me, he said, Steve, I want you to know that I'm about to do something unprecedented in California. Okay? And I'm about to do something, but the churches aren't ready yet. And I'm sending you and your family to move to California to strengthen the net. Okay? And I'm looking at him and saying, well, I don't know anybody in California. I don't, really don't have many contacts in California. So it's like, what, how, is, how can this be? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay? The next week, I get five job offers. Okay? First nine months, nobody, I, no, I didn't get a single email asking me to speak. Didn't get a single email uh, giving, offering me a job. Okay? Does your ego really good? Okay? Um, and at the end, but once the nine months was up that the Lord had spoken, I got five job offers in 10 days. And three of them were in California. Three of them were in L.A. And I went, oh, maybe God said something, right? So that's what brought me to L.A. We found our job in L.A., okay? We went in, and we started looking at has Now, the other thing that happened during that time was something called the economic tsunami. Do you remember that? Okay? So all of a sudden, in the time that everybody was desperate for money... All of a sudden, I'm being like Elijah being fed by the ravens. And after nine months, I, in the next year, I received the equivalent of five years' salary by doing 90% less work. How many of you like a destiny like that? Okay. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, I'm walking in this place because all of a sudden, he's saying, I am who I am. And when you are aligned with what I say that I am, every resource is that you need. Okay. So I end up looking for a house to move to California. So when I go in, we're looking, and my, my wife, we're going to all these areas, and, 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 and we couldn't find any homes. We looked at about 15 homes. 
And so we were driving up north uh, uh, off the 57 highway. And as we got off the highway, we were going through. And all of a sudden, my wife had, it was about 9 o'clock at night. It was pitch black. My wife was sleeping on my shoulder. She suddenly wakes up, looks at me and goes, did you feel that? Because we felt the atmosphere shift. And we said, yeah. She says, it feels like home. So we said to the driver, where are we? She said, oh, we just crossed Route 66. You with me? Confirmations of the way that you know that God is with you. Okay? I am who I am. So we end up finding a house in this town called Claremont that we'd never heard of before. It's the best hidden secret in California. Okay? It was just voted last year the best suburb in the West Coast to live in. All right? Anybody want to come and live with me? Okay. So we find ourselves in this place. We can't afford a house. Okay, I, we had sold our house in California in two weeks in the economic tsunami. No, we sold our house in Toronto in two weeks in the economic tsunami. Okay, and so we were now homeless. We were living with friends. We 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 needed to find a house, but houses in California are a lot more expensive than houses in my little town of Orangeville, north of Toronto. Okay. So I had enough, sold my house enough for a down payment for a house. So I'd go to the bank, but because of the economic tsunami, they said the only way we'll give you a loan is if you prove to us that you've been employed for the last two years. <laughs> All right? I said, well, actually, I've been living on faith. Well, what's that? Okay? <laughs> so every bank, every bank said, no, 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 no. Okay? And I'm like, what do I do? So finally, I'm thinking, maybe I should write a, a letter to some businessmen. Remember, God told me not to what? Ask for money. And I'm on the email, and I hear an audible voice, and it says, don't you dare. And I'm like, ah, okay. And so a week later, I get a phone call from a businessman in the Philippines who I've never met, who's never heard me speak, who's never seen my ministry. He had simply got off the phone with my real estate agent, who happened to be a Christian, who told him about this crazy pastor who was trying to fulfill a dream, and he's trying to find a house, and they can't find anything. And all of a sudden, uh, he says he's got a heart for the next generation, and he picks up the phone. He says, give me his number. He calls me, and he says, I I heard the next generation, and I feel really touched by what you said. Can I loan you $400,000? Okay, at, a, at an interest rate lower than any bank would give me until you can get enough credit to get your own mortgage, okay? And I said, could you say that again, please? Because <laughs> he wasn't giving it to a church. He'd never met me. Are you with me? See, when God, when he says, I am who I am, everything that you need is needed. Okay, are you with me so far? And so in that process, there's the, the provision that, you, that is needed in that place. And, and, and all of a sudden, we were able to move. Okay, now let's carry on really quickly. How am I doing for time? Oh, really quickly. Okay, okay. God says to the Israelites, okay, next five words. In order to see the first five words, I, um, I will be with you. I am who I am. Okay, the Lord says this. Say to the Israelites, the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, and he says Abraham, Isaac, etc., has sent me to you. And this is it. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is my name forever. Everybody say forever. So in other words, what God has for you is an eternal perspective. He wants you to realize that what he's asking you to do in the season of time is forever. It has a forever outcome. 
How many of you like a forever outcome? You see, we are the kingdom of God has no end. It is eternal. It is infinite, which means if we're kingdom people, everything we're to do in this lifetime will have an eternal destiny. That's what you were created for. Okay? And so Bog, God back Bog. God <laughs> backs up the five words. Sorry, God. Actually, in, in Russian, did you know that? God is called Bog. So I was, I was actually being very biblical. Okay, God backs up his five words with I am who I am with five more words securing the destiny. This is my name. When you sign a contract, what do you put on that site? You put your signature to something, right? And it's a sealed deal. When God says, this is my name forever, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. When he puts those five words, I will be with you. I am who I am. I will make, this will be my name forever. He is guaranteeing you that it's going to be okay. Are you with me? And so when you begin to understand forever is a statement of eternal longevity, passed on from generations to generations, how many of you would like to know that what you're doing right now will not just bless the people around you, but for, for years to come? That what, the way you did something was passed on from generation to generation. See, that's what, that's what we're being asked for. This is what you were in the season of time right now where God is saying, I just don't want you to influence the church. I didn't say thy kingdom come here in the church as it is in heaven. He says, in the earth, there is a geographical manifestation of heaven that needs to take place. And his glory will be seen in all the earth. And, and you're his image and likeness. Therefore, the glory it has to be through who? You look at the person next to you and say, I see the glory. Okay. You see, what he's saying is that nothing can change, remove, or alter, or redefine the purposes of God. Does that make sense? In other words, that assurance, I am who I am, the resources of everything is right there. Okay, let's carry on. All right. So it says, right, it is its nature is to secure. Okay, solidify, it's unmovable, it's assured, it evokes the promises of dependability, trust, and reliability. Therefore, the forever becomes our one constant source. Your journey is not just about what you're going to end up doing. Your journey is to discover that God is going to be your one constant companion through the whole thing. Destiny to intimacy, okay? And you see, recognition and trust in His constancy will align, stabilize, and secure our walk with him. Let me help you see this diagram, okay? I'm almost done. You see, this whole process of I will be with you, I am who I am, my name will be there forever, okay, is really about discovering the nature of God. That red line, just, can you just, uh, just go back one arrow? Okay, this, this one arrow, God, is forever, okay? How many of you believe he's eternal, right? So that means he does, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that line is constantly moving in the same direction. It's always constantly going into the future because it has no end. So it's always constant. It's always on the same path. But when he comes into your life and says, hello, I'm going to be with you. And you go, oh, no. Why are you going to be with me? Can't I just do my little thing? And he says, well, you could, and I'll bless you. Or you could actually be who I created you to be. And so all of a sudden, me comes into the picture. Oops. Let's go get one. Yeah, me comes into the picture. And then your life, it looks a bit like this. Initially, 
it's going to be full of challenge because he's going to bring up every insecurity in your life. So right now, if you feel like every insecurity is in your life, you're probably at the beginning of the journey. Sorry. But the more you say yes, the more you see his faithfulness, the more you realize he's with you, the more you actually say, yes, you are who you are. Therefore, I will trust you in what you say, despite the circumstance, beside what I see. Bit by bit, all of a sudden, every encounter. So I'm in a, I'm, I, I now find myself in Claremont. Okay? I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I'm there. And the next thing you know, I'm, the Lord says, plan a church. So three years ago, I planned a church because of a prophetic word, okay? And in that moment, uh, we started establishing things, and all of a sudden, all sorts of supernatural things happening, but I'll go there. A year later, we start, the Lord says, it's time to pray, okay? I mean, we were praying, but it's time to pray for the city. So we start this little prayer meeting, and all of a sudden, intercessors who have been praying for the city 30 to 40 years came from nowhere and joined this little morning prayer group. It kind of grew to about 25 seasoned intercessors, and all we did was we had no agenda other than to, to get into the presence of God, to seek heaven, to hear heaven, to release heaven. That's all we did. Okay? And, and all of a sudden, these intercessors, we started praying. And as we were praying, we suddenly realized that this wasn't about praying for a ch- mega church to be birthed. It was about the transformation of a city. And how do we have the strategies to transform a city? And so about two months into the prayer time, the most, my most favorite meetings of the week, there's these, these incredible moments of prophetic intercession taking place. I'm going to bed one night. And all of a sudden, as my eyes are closed, my wife's already asleep, I hear a voice. And it says this. I'm going to suck you dry. I open my eyes and manifested in my room is the territorial demonic power of Claremont. And he looks at me straight in his eye, as close as this, and he says, I'm going to suck you dry. You have no right to be in this city. You have no right to cause the trouble you're causing right now. Did you hear that? (laughs) Special effects, I like that. Okay. And then all of a sudden, he's looking at me, staring at me, and I'm lying there. Now, here's the thing. When you go through your journey with God, okay, at the beginning of the journey, if that had happened, I would go, ah! Okay, But when you discover the constancy of God, when you see the journey, I am with you. When you see the journey, I am who I am, you don't really care about your circumstance. So I'm looking at him and I'm going, oh my gosh, you're afraid of me. Wow, this is cool. Okay, so he's cussing me out. He's using all sorts of interesting language, very colorful. Okay, and he's telling me everything he's going to do to suck me dry. And I'm sitting there fascinated because when you know the constancy of God, you know that no weapon. I'm thinking, hold on. God supernaturally called me out. He supernaturally provided for me. I'm in a home I shouldn't be in. in, in, And you could just go through the entire supernatural journey that you're in. And then finally this demon says to me, I'm going to run you out of town. So finally I looked at him and said, actually, (laughs) I happen to know that God took a lot of effort to bring me from Toronto to California. This was not my idea. It was his. Therefore, it's either going to be you or me. (laughs) Are you with me? So, next two months, everything in my life sucked dry. My hot water heater sucked dry. My swimming pool sucked dry. Okay? My, uh, My finances sucked dry. All my travel that I had planned, which I usually am fully booked, um... 
for, uh, for the rest of the year. From that, a month later, everything got cancelled. Okay? All my finances started sucking dry. Guess what? I got really excited. Why? Because the greater the pressure, the greater the glory. Okay? Now, please hear me. That doesn't happen overnight. This was 25 years in the making. Okay, and so all of a sudden the pressure came in, and, and as it was going harder and harder, it's like an elastic band, right? It goes back, and when you think you can't take any more, when you let it go, you actually go further. And so over that a period of uh, three or four months, I had another territory, I had another visitation. This time, because I wasn't changing who I was, I was just simply seeking heaven, hearing heaven, releasing heaven. That's all the, uh, the Lord asked me to do. Okay, he came up to me, tried to seduce me. I said, no. The third time, was I was invited to speak at an f- interfaith service. Okay, so Muslims, Hindus, everywhere else, everything you can talk about. And for the high school graduation uh, religious service. Okay, in Claremont, we don't have large churches. The largest church that's gospel preaching is about 250. Okay, and so we were in this place, and I was invited to speak. And this service is the largest spiritual service in the city, 800 Claremont residents for the graduation of their kids, high school kids, right? So I'm sitting there, and, and they said to me, are you evangelical? I said, it depends what you mean by evangelical. He <laughs> says, well, last year we had an evangelical pastor. We gave him 15 minutes. He spoke for an hour and 15 minutes. He offended everybody. I said, okay. So you know you have 15 minutes. And I'm thinking, I can barely say hello in 15 minutes. Okay. And they said, repeat after me, 15 minutes. I said, 15 minutes, Okay. <laughs> So I'm up there, okay, and, and, and I'm, I'm about to get on after 15 minutes. Lord, Holy Spirit, you've got to do something, okay? And, and as I'm getting up, this woman comes up onto the pulpit, and she is wearing a, 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 a Islam habib, opens up the Quran, and begins to declare to the whole, speak in Arabic, the Quran over the whole place. The atmosphere shifts. The territorial demon sits, comes and sits right next to me, and he said, I told you, this is my town. And you have no authority being here. And I looked at him and I said, well, that might be true. But I know something about authority. I got invited. So for the least for the next 15 minutes, you have to listen to me. Okay? And so when she'd finished, I got up and I spoke for 11 minutes, 28 seconds. I know that because the committee were timing me. Okay? And I spoke about redemption. And how everything that God is about is about redemption. Okay? And as this said, you felt this atmosphere shift. And by when I finished 11 minutes, 28 seconds, 800 people got on their feet and gave a two-minute standing ovation. Okay? Now, you know it's the Holy Spirit because I can't do 11 minutes, 28 seconds. Okay? And all of a sudden, my, my kids were there and they said, Dad, we've never heard you preach like that. Could you do that every Sunday? Anyway, uh, and, and it was just, it was one of those moments, and they were celebrating, they were applauding, but they, they weren't applauding me. They were throwing the hats in there, they were sh- I mean, it was like they were in church, like we would have here. And these were non-church people, whether they were Hindus, whether they were Buddhists, whatever they were doing, they were celebrating the redemptive work of what God, what love looks like. Okay? And all of a sudden, that territorial demon that had been sitting in the rafters at the top starts looking down and said, oh my gosh, what's going on? Okay, and, and he didn't know what to do. Well, in that group 
were three or four pastors whose their children were graduating and they saw this happen and they came up to me and they, the, after the service says, can we get together? And now, as a result, we have seven to eight pastors out of 11 gospel preaching past churches in the city every Friday praying for Reformation and Revival. One of the pastors has been in the city for 36 years, said in 36 years, pastors have never prayed together. They've never talked together. The funny thing is, we've actually become friends. Is that fun? No egos, no competition. It's literally, we now created something called Love Claremont. Why? Because we're in the most liberal city in California. Okay, we have the five Claremont Colleges. Okay, Forbes magazine have said that these Claremont Colleges will be one of the most five most influential campuses in America in the next five to ten years. Pomona College, Forbes magazine just rated the number one private college in America. I've got the biggest, the brightest, and the best coming into my city. The, the nations are coming to my city, and I get to bring heaven to them. And these churches, we've got this thing called Love Claremont, and now what are we doing? We're changing the mindset of the city towards the church because everybody thinks the church is judgment. We're adopting everything that we can possibly do to serve the city. We're gonna, the goal is to be the, the leading volunteer movement of the city, to beautify a city, to take care of a city, to look after the city. Right now, the city is saying, who are you? You go, we're a bunch of churches that actually like each other. And they go, that's amazing. I said, yeah, it really is. <laughs> And then, next thing we know, I haven't got time to get into it, Randy, Randy Clark shows up. We have, we put out tickets, 500 tickets go in 18 hours. Okay? 167 healings on one, the first night. Randy does spontaneously more, and we have two more meetings. All of a sudden, there's a network that's now a regional network. It's not just a city network, a regional network has started. So it, that grew, so Randy came back. We had a school, 500 students, 1,000 people a night. That grew, now the network's about 30 to 40 spirit-filled churches in a 15-mile in a radius. And now Bill and Randy are coming. You see, transformation. You begin to influence. You begin to see things. And it starts simply by realizing the five words, I'm with you. And no matter what happens, no ter- this territorial demonic power came The only time I see him now is he says he hates me. <laughs> and so I'm taking that as a compliment. Okay, it's all right if the devil hates you. Is that okay? And in that moment, you begin to discover the constancy of God. You begin to do that. So let's just conclude. Okay, when we begin to look at the five words of destiny, the first word is I will be with you, which is about partnership. Okay, the next time he says, I am who I am, it's about your resource. And the third time, this is my name forever, it's about the guarantee. Partnership, resource, guarantee. How many of you want that for your destiny? Let's stand. Let's pray right now. Can we do that? I don't know what's going on with your life. I'm sorry I've kind of taken a lot of time. But I want you to know something. Your life is not your own. You have to realize that you are not created for the mundane. You were created for the impossible. You were not created to influence. You were created to be influencers. And in every sphere that you have, right now, if you're going through a really difficult time, if you're going through a time where you're questioning your purpose, if you're asking yourself right now, and and things are seemingly going wrong wrong around you right now, I want to tell you something. You need to embrace the journey, not fight it. You need to be able to say, God, I want to get to the place where I I need to hear you are who you are. And as I'm saying this right now, I feel the Lord is saying, yes, things are bad. 
You might think things are bad right now, but remember when things were bad last time, how I came through for you. Remember that I was with you there and I don't change. And so if I have you in this circumstance right now, know that there is a greater blessing, a greater glory, a greater hope, a greater impact, a greater authority that's going to come into your life. But I need you to embrace the journey. If that's you right now, just put your hand on your heart. If you're ready to embrace this journey with God, stop trying to fight the circumstance. Start beginning to embrace it. Begin to realize the journey is as important as the outcome. The stories that you're going to tell aren't necessarily about the the fruit. It's actually about what you learned through it. It's about the principles that will help generations upon generations become even greater in the kingdom because every generation is supposed to have a double portion anointing. And so what is happening in your life right now is the preparation of a double portion for a generation to come. That's the purpose of your life. It's not about what you do, it's about who you are. It's about who He is in you. It's about what's about to manifest. And so pray this with me. Father, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am your workmanship. And you say that all your works are wonderful. So who I am, who you are, is wonderful. And so in alignment, I choose to embrace the journey. To discover who I am. To discover my identity. And to be launched into the destiny. And so Lord Jesus, forgive me for doubting. Complaining. Arguing. Sharing my opinion. Because I'd rather have yours. I'd rather align with yours. So no matter what I'm going through right now, Show me and let me hear the words that you are with me, that you are who you are, and that your name is with me forever. Because those five words, as they're spoken over my life, will guarantee the partnership, the resource, the outcome. So Lord Jesus, take my heart. No matter what's happening right now, I fix my eyes on you. Let's just worship for